0: Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston and Wayne Shepherd talk about how to be a parent who demands more from their teen. Let's hear what they have to say.
1: Demanding teens, non-demanding parents, our theme today on Parenting Today's Teens. Mark, uh, let's get into the conversation with an email that came to us from a parent. Sure. A grandparent who says, uh, my grandson talks back, has no respect. His mom was killed when he was two, and his father's not played much of a role in his life. I've given him too many material things, and I'm trying to make up. Uh, now I've created a child that has no respect for anything. Please, I need some help. <laughs> yeah.
2: Don't you just love the honesty of a grandmother? <laughs> Thank you, Grandma. I, I'm going, she just said it right there. Yep. You know, giving a child too much or constantly giving them things is something that all of us have done in this country. I mean, every one of us has has maybe Overdone it just yeah. a little bit. Well, who doesn't and, want to and, give good and, things and in, to their kids? That's right. And indulged our kids. But what we're seeing when they enter into the adolescent years is they demand it at a higher level, and they demand it right now. I mean, it's an instant society. They want things taken care of, and it's never enough. And but the key I, word
1: is entitlement. It, right? there,
2: there really is that word that plays out because they feel like they are owed those things. And I like to communicate to kids all the time. I want you to know that I owe you nothing, but I want to give you everything. But I owe you nothing, and I want to give you everything. It sets the stage. It changes the perception of me that I'm supposed to be the one that's always supposed to be giving a child something, and it helps them realize... Well, then how am I supposed to get it? Hmm. And then somewhere along the line we go, you know what, that's a good question. Let's start moving in that direction.
1: It really has to be the challenge of our culture, material things, money, because this is this is what it all comes down it to. It really does,
2: but you couple that with disrespect. And the difficulty is... Why would I want to give something to somebody who is being disrespectful of me? And so it's the clashing of two character traits, disrespect and entitlement, that are coming together. And that's where this conflict and this grandmother's got it. She said, you know what? I've done too much, and she probably has. We never knew by giving so much. And at the same time, we never knew as parents that we are giving so much to our kids, things that we never had, and we would have been so appreciative of getting these things, we've almost expected our kids to respond in the same way. And so when they've responded with, it's never enough, I want more, can't we do this, can't we do that, it's a little disheartening to us as parents where we go, I can't keep up on this treadmill anymore.
1: It's true that our culture presents a significant challenge to us in the age in which we live right now, but Jesus talked about the prodigal son. Same thing going on
2: here. You know, what a great story. And you know, it's interesting to me that everybody knows the story of the prodigal son and everybody knows the verse that says, and he came to his senses. Hmm. And we know that, you know, he demanded you know, what was due him. He went off to a foreign land. He squandered the money. I do it my way. That's right. I did it my way and he lost everything and he ate the food with the pigs. We all know that. And he finally came to a census. But do you know what the verse is right before that? Right before it, it says this, and everyone quit giving him everything. Hmm. It is amazing that when you quit giving, that it quickly moves kids to understand. Wait a minute! Brought them to a sense. I'm sensing something mm-hmm. that needs to be different. Mm-hmm. All right, what's your recommendation then? How do we
1: combat this uh, this demanding teen? This this teen that has a sense of entitlement.
2: You know, there's a, there is a, a time when you just say, "I can't do this anymore," and I'm going to require some things from you. You know, that perhaps you you say, you know what? You need to learn about finances. You need to learn the value of work. You need to learn how to operate in this arena you need to develop in this other arena and you know the first step is that you quit giving it to them hmm. you may say you know when you turn 17 I will not pay for car insurance anymore and so you allow your child to start to think okay how am I going to do that yeah. without it always being done for me because you don't want your child to go off to college and always be calling you hey dad can you send more money can you send more money can you send more money you know can you send me this can you give me this can you pull this out of my closet and send Send it to me. I need this. I need this. I need this. I mean, it's incessant that it doesn't quit and it keeps going and going and going. It's like a teen, you know, on the Energizer batteries with a mouth that's just demanding things. And unless you stop it, it gets bigger and bigger, but that's not the bigger issue. The bigger issue is this child will one day get married and either look at his wife or or look at her husband and say, I need you to do these things for me. It carries over. It carries over, Mm -hmm. and now we've got a problem. And so it's important during these years that we start to say to our kids, because it is such a money-hungry world, and these kids want to have possessions, we teach them about finances early. Perhaps give them a checkbook. Say, you know what? I'm gonna give you all the money at the beginning of the month that I would give you during that month and I want you to make the decisions. And so it's lunch money, it's, it's if they have a cell phone that they may have to pay for their own cell phone, let them start to learn about that. So if they go over in minutes, they pay for it. So they learn to control their time.
1: You really can't start too early, can you? You
2: really can't. And parents look at me all the time because I think you need to do this when they are 12 or 13 years old and you demand something from them. And if they overdraw the checkbook, which they will you let them go meet with somebody at the bank and figure it out so that what we're doing is getting out of the way. So we're letting life's lessons teach them something that they need to learn.
1: You know, one thing we did when our kids were the, uh, teenagers is we uh, we had them pay the family bills from the family checkbook so that they understood what things cost. Absolutely. And you where know, the money went.
2: I don't think they understand it at all. I mean, it's it's amazing to me that, that, that even kids down that are in their younger years, even five to 10 years old, understand about the wallet and what they understand is this i need some money out yeah. of your wallet and so give it to me now it's an unending supply it really is yeah. and and you kind of go now wait a minute it's cute in the younger years but as the prices of their toys get bigger and bigger and as their irresponsibility continues to show itself and their attachment to us becomes so great We've got to learn to detach a little bit so that it creates a longing to attach somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Particularly
1: if you've made mistakes through the years and your teens are now 16, 15, 16, 17 years old, you're going to have to make a sudden change here. There's going to be some white water.
2: Oh, there will be.
1: But help us look on the other side of it. What, what's the result going to
2: be? You know, be? the result of it is is there's an understanding about the relationship, and they begin to understand about grace. I tell people now, go to your two-year-old and just let them know. I am not paying for your college years. You will not get a car at age 16. You know, when you turn 12 or whenever it is, you'll have to pay for your own cell phone. Start early, you know, so that they understand it. Because then they look at everything that's given to them as a gift rather than as a fulfillment of their own sense of entitlement. And so you start saying things at eight years old or what you do at age 14 when you see that it's not working and, and you can't keep up on this treadmill of always doling over money all the time. What you say to them is, you know what? When you turn 15, when you turn 16, we're going to change some of the ways that we do things. And, and that way they become healthy when they move to that next stage of life.
0: Nobody cares more about their teen than moms. But even moms can get discouraged and distracted when watching their teen go through those difficult adolescent years. You can feel alone and helpless, unable to know how to encourage your teen. It can get hard to trust God's goodness in the midst of such hard times. Mark Gregson knows the feeling. That's why he wrote Prayers for My Teen. It's a book of prayers and devotionals To help moms keep their eyes on God and their hearts uplifted, even when your teen is struggling. Prayers for My Teen is a great addition to your purse, bedside, glove compartment, or desk drawer as a simple way of reminding you of God's faithfulness to you and love for your family. Get your copy of Prayers for My Teen at ParentingTeenResources.org
1: Do you think we ask enough of our teens?
2: I don't. I don't I don't think we do at all. I mean, I look back at my life and I I was told by my dad that he wouldn't buy me things, you know, from 13 on up. Well, it created something in me. I did not interpret that as a good thing. Right. But I responded and became a little bit more responsible. I became more entrepreneurial. I figured out if I wanted these things, I was going to have to buy them. We've taken that away from kids. We've given our kids so much, and I believe in giving them things, but not to the point that eliminates them and their drive from creating entrepreneurial uh, ideas or, or trying to figure out how to work better or how to make more money or see the need for studying or uh... learn how to 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 put in a good day's work for a good day's pay Good
1: example so that
2: they'll become a little bit more conservative and frugal in the way that they spend their money
1: and unless we're that intentional every generation is just gonna get worse we're gonna drift further and further away
2: It is. You know, I made a comment to my granddaughter. Uh, I was in Canada, and I had some uh, Canadian money. And I looked at her, and I said, uh, sweetheart, when I get back from this trip, I'll give you all the Canadian money I have. So the last day of this tour that we did for Focus on the Family, she texted me, an eight-year-old. She goes, papa, this is Miley. How much money have you got? And so I wrote her back, and I said, sweetheart, there's probably about $140, you know, maybe you and Macy, our other granddaughter, can buy mommy, my daughter, Mm -hmm. a present for Mother's Day, and it would be a special gift from you two. and then you can save the rest of the money. She texted me back, nope, I'm not going to spend it on mommy, uh, and I don't want to give it to Macy. I'm going to buy something for myself. Oh. And I thought, (laughs) see where it starts? Yep. And so when we came back, she and I had a discussion. I bet you did. And I just set the money out, and I said, I want you to know this is yours, but you don't get it until we have a conversation.
1: And she's how old? She's eight. Yeah, see, that's where it starts, right? I, I, mean, didn't, it, I
2: didn't know what a quarter was
1: when I was eight.
2: <laughs> I mean, I really, I, it really is. I mean, I think it has started so young. So the, by the time that they get to that middle school age or junior high... It is already processing. Mm -hmm. And people say, well, no, we don't need to do that until they're 15 or 16 and get a car. It's not like that anymore. Mm. I mean, when my wife and my daughter and my two granddaughters go shopping, it's amazing. It's like a herd of ants going (laughs) through a store, and they already know. My little granddaughter uh, that's three years old already knows, and she's holding up clothes to her. And you know what she says? Papa, will you buy this for me? Papa, get this. Papa, get this. And there's every part of me that wants to give it to her. Sure. You know why? Because I wasn't given things mm-hmm. when I was that young. And so it's a way for me to be something different. I think that's what we've done to our world of teens. We have given them so much and never anticipated that they were going to have this sense of entitlement. So there's a side of it that I say, you know what? The message that I want to give to them now is that I owe you nothing because I can stop the entitlement, but I want to give you everything so that they can experience grace and understand the word grace, which is getting something that they don't deserve, and it's getting something that they don't demand as well.
1: What an important topic here today. I have another email from a parent, and I'll just hit the highlights of this one. It goes into some details, but uh, this sounds like a son. Uh, There's reoccurring bouts of extreme anger, notably when denied use of Xbox for talking rudely to other game players. This can can go on for 45 minutes to an hour at a time. Bouts include cursing, name-calling to parents, aggressive and sometimes challenging or threatening behavior, general disregard for authority, sense of entitlement regarding use of car and cell phone, Inability to accept responsibility for own actions, and there's more to this. Uh, <laughs> it's amazing. This, this is yeah? what we're talking about, That's isn't right. it? That's
2: right. That's right. It's magnified. You you take the mentality of an eight-year-old, then we used to give them Xbox and PlayStation, you know, to pacify their time so that we didn't have to deal with them, mm-hmm. or they wanted to play with their friends. But, but because of the lack of social interaction that happens with so many video games, and I'm not against video games, yeah. but, but if that's the only way that people engage with one another, they're not learning social skills, and they're not allowing iron to sharpen iron. But you let this thing go, and you don't correct it. You know, perhaps the answer to that email is more of a warning to other parents. Your kids will get to this point unless something stops them. And parents, I'll tell you this it is you who has got to stop them. Because when you get to be 16 years old and you want the world to revolve around you and you're demanding and cussing and yelling and screaming at parents, it is almost too late. Mm. You have created a monster that that it used to be cute, it used to be fun, but it is no longer. And unless you start requiring things of them or taking things away from them. I mean, I would go to this family and say the number one thing any disrespect, you lose the car. Right. It's, it's gone. It's that simple. You know, I mean, I would set it on fire. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. But I would make a point that that's going to be gone. I would take those things away and get rid of them so that the child begins to learn something different. The longer you wait, the the more extravagant you have to be in the way that you handle the situation that's been placed before you.